Pulp Machine. Recorded live. God is worthy. God is so good all the time. God is so Worthy 
Amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty name, the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our redeemer, our very present help in times of trouble. We thank God for this another beautiful day that he has made, another opportunity to worship the true and living God in spirit and in truth. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we have just finished our most recent topic entitled, what? Dangerous Sheep. If you did not listen to that series, I encourage you to go back and hear what the Spirit of God has to say to his people concerning being dangerous sheep. We bless God for each other and we pray the Lord is very is blessing you very well wherever this broadcast is finding you. It's time for us to move on to something the Lord gave us on about June the 11th, 2016. You know, I don't know exactly what we were talking about. I think we were talking about going through some things which each of us uh, have to do as children of God. We've got to go through some things. We're going through some good things. We're going through some bad things. We're going through some things that make us happy. We go through things that make us sad. We go through all sorts of things. But then, Lord, annex that and Robert, not only do you all need to go through some things, which you all will, but God says it's more important that we grow through some things. And we're going to talk, talk about how we must grow through some things. Just go through them. Because if you go through them and don't go, grow through them, then you may end up having to go through something like that again. So God wants us to, as we are going through some things, God wants us to be growing through some things. We're going to look at capital A in our outline, proper diet, proper diet. And we're going to look briefly at 1 Peter chapter 2 with a special focus on verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, special focus on verse from the new international version our scripture reads peter writes he said like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Once again, First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Capital A, proper diet. Let us pray. Father in Jesus name we pray again father we thank you for another day added to our lives we thank father for the privilege to be able to come together and worship you in spirit and in truth as we study today to show ourselves approved unto you workmen and women who do not need to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth. We ask, Father, again for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, that we may grow up in you. Give us this day our daily bread, Father. Give us what we need in physical realms and spiritual realms that we may do things that are pleasing in your sight. We 
trust that you are going to do these things for us as we are touching and agreeing, asking in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. We must grow through some things. We look here at the book of First Peter. We see very many topics that the Apostle Peter addressed. He addressed Christ as the living stone that the builders rejected in verse 4, but chosen by God. You say, Apostle, why would that be important? That's important to understand, children of God, because a lot of times what is chosen by God is rejected by men. And a lot of times what is chosen by men is rejected by God. See, see, you need to understand that the reason why God looks at this generation as a wicked and an adulterous or a perverse generation is because so many things, so many people, so many places are doing just the opposite or are, are just the opposite of what God wants them to be. Things are just the opposite. And, 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 you know, this is one of the reasons why time is winding down and God is going to have to bring this generation to a close. Because Satan, the God of this age, the prince of the powers of the air, has blinded a lot of people's minds so that, so that a lot of folk are running around thinking that things turn twist upside down is the way things should be. You know, one of the things that... that uh, the Lord is bringing to my spirit now. Every time I do international travel, especially go over into Africa and, you know, different parts of West Africa, where in especially Nigeria, homosexuality is frowned upon very, very seriously. You know, that's not something that is very easily accepted or, or very much accepted over there. Uh, you know, men are like masculine men. You know, they, and I come back over here to a culture where, you know, the adversary is pushing real hard and trying to shove homosexuality down the throats of many of us. And men are acting effeminate and all this kind of different thing. It, it, I have to readjust when I come back over here and start hearing men talking like women or talking effeminate or, 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 or this. It's a re, I have to readjust. I'm like, oh, my God, what in the world is this? Because in that particular culture, it's not accepted. It's not. It's not smiled upon. It's. It's. But I come back over here, and I have to have to to deal with it. Well, what's happening? The adversary is working very hard in this great nation to turn, twist up, twist people, places, and things upside down. Well, why? So that God will have to unleash his wrath. You say, Apostle, what's the time now? The main reason why the adversary is working to get me and you and creation to do things contrary to God is because then God will have to release his wrath. The adversary knows that. You know, as long as we are doing what God wants us to do or doing things the way God wants things to be done. God doesn't have to release his wrath. God doesn't have to go off on us. God doesn't have to chastise us. God doesn't have to kill us. Long as you're given like you're supposed to be given to the work of the ministry, God don't have to get you. As long as you're being faithful to your wife, then God don't have to get you or to your husband. As long as you are preaching and teaching sound doctrine, then God says, I don't have to get you about that. But the minute we step outside of what God wants us to do or, or start doing things in ways that God is not pleased and, and start, then God be saying, I got to get you. Now, what God is bringing to my spirit now is Balaam, king of Moab. When the Israelites came up out of Egypt, God was giving them victory, and they were licking up everything, according to Balaam, like a, a, like a ox licks up 
grass. I mean, they were licking up countries and they were licking up uh, parcels of land. And Balaam became, uh, uh, Balak became concerned that they were going to take over. They had settled right next to him and he was concerned they were going to take over his spot. So he tried to call in Balaam, an internationally known I don't want to say prophet, but an internet, whoever, it was thought that whoever Balaam cursed would be cursed, and whoever Balaam blessed would be blessed. Balak calls him in, try to get him to curse God's people. But I want to encourage somebody under the sound of my voice, because some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you worried about people cursing you, you worried about people putting the X on you, you worried about people putting the evil eye on you, working some roots on you. Listen to me, child of God. As long as you are obedient to God, that mess will not work. As long as you are obedient to God, then there's no weapon that is formed against you that it shall prosper. As long as you are obedient to God, then greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. As long as you are obedient to God, you will eat the good of the land. So, so don't worry about a lot of stuff. But the condition is that you and I remain obedient to God. Once we step outside of obedience to God... Then now God got to get us. Well, Balak called in Balaam to curse God's people. Balaam was like, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I curse those who God has blessed? And he ended up uttering blessings, uttering blessings, uttering blessings over the Israelites. Well, Balak was upset. Balak was, what is this? Now I paid good money to bring you here to curse my enemies and you, you blessing them. Then don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Balaam was like, you know, I got to tell you, I got to say what the Lord told me to say. Well, make a long story short, Balak could not get, could not get Balaam to curse God's people because they were blessed. Well, some shortly after that, the men of Israel began having sexual relations with the women from a place called Shittim. Shittim. And, and once they did that, it angered God, and then God had to begin to punish his people. You say, Apostle, what that mean to me? Now, that's thousands of years ago. The point is this. Even though as a child of God, you may not be able to be cursed by your enemies or cursed by witches or cursed by wizards or cursed by, by outside forces, if you and I disobey God, then God will have to start beating us, or God will curse us. It's not like anybody can put any curses on you. It's God that blesses. It's God that curses. And if you obey God, you don't have to worry about God cursing you. But if you disobey God, now you need to be very concerned because you're you cursed. You cursed right then. So we see here that there are many things, many people, many places, many activities that God be wanting. Those of you under the sound of my voice that, that don't spend time each day in the presence of God, God wants you to. Those of you all under the sound of my voice that don't go to church nowhere, God wants you to. Those of you under the sound of my voice that, that there's a whole lot of things God be wanting. See? But God, just because God wants us to do them or wants them from us, that doesn't mean that we do them. Well, when you really love God, what you're going to do is you're going to find yourself, you're going to make yourself do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And you're going to strive to do more of the things that are pleasing in his sight. That's when you really love God. If you don't love God, you keep doing your own thing. Keep doing what you, what you want to do. And have to find out at the end of the day that that was flesh and that was under the leadership of Satan and that, that God is going to have to chase ties and punish that. So we see here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, you see a very common theme that you'll see throughout Scripture. You see 
the Spirit of God instructing us to get rid of some things that God don't want so that we can take in some things that God does want. Think about when you remodel your house or you pimp your ride. I remember a show used to come on I used to like called Pimp My Ride. Well, what do you do when you remodel your house or you pimp your ride? You get rid of a bunch of stuff that you don't want and you bring in or you insert a bunch of things that you do want. Well, God wants us to do the same thing as in our walk with God. We be carrying around a lot of mess, all of us. And God be saying, look, get rid of that mess and take on the best. Get rid of that old stuff. Look at what the Bible says. Go back to verse 1. Peter says, therefore, rid yourself of all malice. So one of the things that we be carrying around sometime that God be saying get rid of is malice. You angry and hating people. Malice. Deceit. We, you and I, children of God, by nature, our sinful nature, the Bible says we are deceivers or liars and tricksters by nature. God said get rid of malice, hating of people. Get rid of deceit. Get rid of a bunch of lying and, and, and deceiving for one another. Get rid of hypocrisy. God said quit trying to pretend that you're something that you really are not. Get rid of envy. Jealous because your brother got something or your sister got something and slander God said quit speaking evil about one another God said look here's a list of don'ts here's a list of things I want you to get rid of a list of things that I want no longer to be mentioned God says among my people God said get this stuff out of here once we get rid of the same and once we get rid of the right, the, the wrong stuff, then God says, now it's time to take on or to take in the right stuff, like newborn babies. Now, now, now why, what is the symbolism here? What is God showing us? How is a newborn baby? Newborn baby, for the most part, ain't trying to do no whole lot of evil. Not that evil's not in them, because we, even newborn babies share in the Adamic nature. But newborn baby is not consciously trying to do no whole lot of evil. Newborn baby is not constantly, uh, uh, consciously trying to lie, trying to cheat, trying to steal. Newborn baby not trying to kill anybody, take anybody hostage, uh, try to commit sexual immorality. Newborn babies, a lot of this stuff that they will grow into because it's in this, this information. When they're newborn babies, they're not, they not trying to do that stuff. So the scripture, Peter says, look, like newborn babies. Well, what do newborn babies do? Because we just told you a lot of stuff that they don't do, but newborn babies do do something. And one of the main things that newborn babies do is they crave milk. Oh, my gosh. You mess around with a newborn baby and don't give him or her the milk that they are craving, the milk that they are desiring, the milk that they want. Oh, they will holler and keep noise, they will disturb, they will bust out in church, they will bust out in a funeral, they will bust out when you have told them to be quiet, they will bust out. You, somebody could have broken into your house, and you hiding with the newborn baby under the bed, newborn baby don't care nothing about those who have broken the house, and you got to be quiet and keep it on the down low, newborn baby will bust out and start hollering. Why? Because they have a strong desire for milk. They don't, they're not going to let much of anything keep them from crying out for milk. Well, God wants us to have that same kind of desire when it comes down to the word of God. You need to make up in your mind that I'm not going to let anything keep me from getting to God's word today. Yeah, I may be busy on the job. Yeah, I may have some reports that need to be filed. Yeah, I may have some things that need to be done. I know the boss has called a special meeting, but nothing is going to keep me from the word of God today. Crave like newborn babies. Newborn babies say, look, I got to have my milk now. All of that what you're talking about is what you're talking about. I've got to have my milk. And, I, and my prayer for you, child of God, is that you've got to have your milk. You've got to have your crave 
spiritual milk. The word of God is a spiritual milk, just like a natural milk gives that newborn baby what his little body or her little body needs to grow and develop. Spiritual milk is going to give you what you need to grow and develop in the things of God. Spiritual milk is going to give you what you need to mature. Spiritual milk is going to give you what you need to develop and to be sustained and to be satisfied and to be content. Spiritual milk, the word of God, you and I have been created as spiritual beings and we need spiritual food, spiritual milk. Crave it. Pure spiritual milk. Now, God said, Robert, deal with that for a little while because some of my children don't even know why they are unsatisfied in some of the churches that they're going to. Okay. The Bible says that we are to crave what? What kind of spiritual milk? Pure. Pure. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? See, many of you all already know that are following this broadcast. The reason why you love this broadcast because what you're getting hit with is the pure word of God. See, what's happening in a lot of our churches and what's happening with a lot of, a lot of these false prophets that's running around in the world, the word is not pure. You know, they, 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 they have tainted it. You know, individuals have tried to turn Christianity into a lot of things, just like men did in Jesus' day when Jesus had to clear out the temple. Because men had tried to turn the temple or turn worship or turn the house of God into something that God never intended it to be. Well, in Jesus' day, they, they, turned it, they were turning the, the temple into a hustle. Selling sheep, cattle, goats, right in the temple courts, you know, exchanging money. They had turned it into a hustle. A lot of men today have tried to turn the gospel, turn Christianity. You see them on TV all kind of time with the books and the tapes and all kind of stuff, selling, selling, selling for profit. Same thing men were doing thousands of years ago. You shouldn't be shocked. They were selling, selling, selling sheep and goats. You say, Apostle, it's different selling a book and, 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 and selling a sheep and goat. It, it's the same spirit involved. See, what you've got to understand, the reason why they were selling the sheep and the goats and the pigeons and the cattle, because thousands of years ago, you didn't pay money as a tithe. Uh-oh, let me go into this a little bit with some of you all out there. Hopefully some of your eyes will come open. You didn't pay money as a tithe. Your tithe was a tenth of what your flocks, your herds, and your fields produced. And in Deuteronomy chapter 14, if God had blessed you real, real serious, and you and, and where you had to go or you had to get to the temple or the place where God chose to put his name was very far from you, and you couldn't carry all those tithes items because it was not money, you couldn't carry all those sheep, you couldn't carry all those goats, all those. So what God would allow you to do is sell the stuff where you were. Collect the money or the gold or the silver, depending on what translation, and go to the temple or go to the place where God chose to put his name. But once you got there, you couldn't just take the bag of gold or the bag of silver and dump it in the temple and say, here's my tithe. That was forbidden. You had to rebuy tithe items, sheep, cattle, fermented drink, wine, whatever. You had to rebuy. And this is why these individuals were selling in the temple. Because they knew that people that were coming from afar that maybe had been blessed very well back in their place, well, they couldn't bring all them sheep. They couldn't bring all those cattle, all those doves, all those goats. But, and they had to rebuy them. So what they did is they jacked the price up. They jacked the price up, and, and they now had people that were paying very, very serious amounts for those tithe items that had to be repurchased. And as a result of that, Jesus was not pleased because what was happening is they were taking advantage of people. It's much like what they do in a lot of these theme parks in, 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 in different places. They get you in these theme parks, you know, a soda wouldn't cost you or, or a drink wouldn't cost you, but maybe a dollar outside. They get you in these theme parks and they charge you $5. Why? Because they know they got you in this theme park and they know you want a drink and they know that, that, that you'll be willing to pay high prices because you don't want to leave the theme park and have to go miles down the road to get a drink. Well, that's the same thing they were doing in the temple basically during Jesus' day. They had jacked the prices up and this is why when Jesus drove them out of the temple, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a den of thieves? Why? Because they were charging exuberant prices for things 
items that people had to buy and to present. People couldn't pay their, their tithe because that was not what the tithe was about. It was never about money. The instruction in tithing in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it was about a tenth of what your flocks, your herds, and your fields produced. Tithing was given for food items. So that the Levites, who had no allotment or inheritance of their own, would be able to eat. When all the other 12 tribes, all the other 11 tribes went into the promised land, it was the Levites who didn't get any land. But their allotment was a tenth of the flocks and herds and fields from all the other 11 tribes of Israel. So you, you, you got to know what the word says, because if you don't know what the word says, then you will get tricked and, and be running off what the word does not say. Let me say that again to you. You have got, It's your responsibility out there, child of God, to know what the word says, because if you don't know what the word says, you will be tricked by what the word does not say. This is why God instructs you and I to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen who need not to be ashamed. Study. God telling you to study. Oh, my pastor said. Look, you, what your pastor said does not excuse you from studying God's word for yourself. Now, we got close to 3,500 sermons here on, on, on talk show. Now, what I want you to do, if you got a problem with something I've said, go back and, and, and find scripturally where I have said anything wrong. I mean, I've, you know, I've made some mistakes. I'm a human being. You know, I go back sometime. I see where I had said a particular scripture and it was something else, you know, that, that type of thing. But that's, that's not my intent. My intent and my purpose is to make sure that I tell you exactly, tell you all exactly what the word of God says, because I know I'm going to be judged if I don't. God has not sent any of us as ministers of the, ministers of the gospel to preach opinion, to preach what's uh, 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 popular, or to preach what preach culture. He has sent us to preach and teach the uncompromised word of the true and living God. What the Bible says, crave pure spiritual milk. Some of you all, the reason why you're tuning into this broadcast is because you, you are craving pure spiritual milk. You want to hear the truth from God. You done heard a lot of nonsense. You done seen a lot of gyrations and a lot of putting on of a show. You want some, you want some pure spiritual milk. And that's all right. That's a good thing. We are instructed as children of God to crave pure spiritual milk. You got a right to pure spiritual milk. Me personally, I'm not even going to stay in a place where, where the milk is not pure. Me personally. Now, you all, you got to do what the Lord showed you. Me, I'm going to leave because my soul is too important for me to be listening to that nonsense. My soul is too valuable for me to be listening to that nonsense. And we're talking about proper diet. I understand, ha having been a health and physical education teacher for many years, that the proper, pro improper diet is one of the reasons why in this country and in different places, uh, many people are suffering all kinds of sicknesses and, and diseases and ailments. A lot of it is because of improper diet. So God, just like God, just like like uh, it's important for you and I to have the proper diet in the in the natural. It's even more important for you and I to have proper diet in the spiritual crave pure spiritual milk you don't want to be eating tainted food in the natural where well, god does not want you and i taking in tainted tainted spiritual food he wants you and i to to our our food our milk to be pure like newborn babies quick you watch this now you take you mess around with a newborn baby and take his milk and put some craziness in it Taint it, you know, put some stuff in it that, that, that he, he can discern is not right. Little bitty baby won't eat that. Some of y'all don't believe it. You mess around. Little bitty baby. And take his milk and put a little dash of something crazy in it. A lot of times little bitty baby won't eat. Little bitty baby won't eat that. Because little bitty baby said, look, I want pure spiritual milk. Don't be mixing up no, try to mix up no stuff. No, no crazy stuff in my stuff. 
Well, that's what we're supposed to be saying when it comes down to the word of God. Now, here's the thing, because some of you all sit up under crazy teaching and crazy preaching and you keep right on supporting that. Understand that God is going to hold you just as guilty as them jokers that's preaching that craziness. Because you're supporting it. Same way you got prostitutes out there running around. Well, we know the prostitution is illegal in a whole lot of places. Well, if prostitution is illegal, then certainly the characters that are patronizing prostitutes, they're breaking the law too. You know, and, and what God is having in my spirit now, you know, because God is not only going to get the individual that's committing the sin, God is going to get the individual that is, is patronizing the, commit, the committing of the sin. Now, what God has in my spirit was the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. They brought her, made her stand before the group. Now, here's the thing. It wasn't just a sin for a woman to commit adultery in Jesus' day. It was a sin for the man and the woman. Well, what the people did, they just brought the woman. They just brought the woman as if she was the one, the only one that was wrong. No, if she was caught in the act of adultery, surely there was a man there or another woman or I don't know what exactly who she, what she was into. That was wrong as well. If there is crazy preaching and teaching that is going on and you know it, then your support of that. Your continued uh, 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 acceptance of that will cause God to have to get you too. Because now you're wrong too. We got a right to crave pure spiritual milk. We are instructed. We are commanded to crave pure spiritual milk. I'm not going to the church because of the choir. I'm not going to the church because the building is nice. I'm not going to church because there's a whole lot of people there. I'm not going to I'm going to the church because what I want is some pure spiritual milk. And my prayer for you is that 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 that's that's your mentality as well. Because it's not how nice the building is that's going to make me grow up in God. It's not how well the choir sings that's going to make me grow up in God. It's not how fine the people are, how much money is raised, or how much all of this other stuff. It's how much of this pure spiritual milk I take in and I process and digest and put to use that will make me grow up. See, we talked earlier about how a lot of times it's what, what God chooses, men reject. You look at verse 4. The scripture says, as you come to him or as you come to God, the living stone, watch this, rejected by men. So here is Christ rejected by men, but chosen by God. Well, God said, not only is Christ rejected by men, but chosen by me. God says a whole lot of things that are rejected by men, but are chosen by me. God wants us, want us in worship every day. God said, that's what I choose. But God said, it's rejected by men. A whole lot of things that's chosen by God, but rejected by men. God wants us to love one another. That's God's choice. But every day you turn on the news, somebody done killed somebody. Somebody done shot somebody. Somebody done raped, robbed, and killed somebody. But, that, but rejected by men. So understand, children of God, that our responsibility is to get back to the things. Get back to the people. Get back to the places, get back to the activities, get back to the words, the thoughts the, it, that are chosen by God. So we got to start rejecting some things of men that are chosen by men in order to please God. God says for us to grow up. Look at verse 2. Go back to verse 3, rather. Grow up in your salvation. Actually, that's the end of verse 2. 
We crave this spiritual milk so that we can grow up in our salvation. Now, question you got to ask yourself, do you want to grow up in your salvation or do you want to remain a babe in your salvation? Without pure spiritual milk, you will never grow up in your salvation. That's why a lot of children of God don't be growing. You're still talking the same stupid talk in 2016 that you were talking in, in 2006. Either because you, you are not getting pure spiritual milk or because you're getting pure spiritual milk, but you're not digesting it and processing it properly and putting it into good use. Because if you and I are not growing in grace, if we're not growing up in our salvation, then something has caused this retardation. Now, we know that there's nothing wrong with God's word. So ultimately, it's got to be something wrong with maybe the words that we are hearing or what we're doing with God's word that we are hearing. But something is wrong if you are not growing up in your salvation. Now, as a father, you mess around and leave and go to war. Your child is two years old. You come back from war eight years later, and that joke is still the same size, talking about goo goo gaga. You know something is wrong. Because you know after eight years in the natural, he should be a whole lot bigger now. He should be a whole lot taller. He should be a whole lot more mature. He should understand a whole lot more. He should His reasoning should have increased. Or something is wrong. If we are not growing up, you mean tell me we're still talking the same nonsense in 2006 that we're talking in 1986? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. God wants us to grow up. Now that, look at verse 3, I love this. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. See, if the Lord is not good to you, then stop eating on him. But if the Lord is good to you, even in the natural things that taste good to us, we try to get, it, we try to get so much of that until we get full. And let me go to Africa or go to some country for a, a few months. I'd be in there, man. I, I'd be in some of these countries for months. I'd be crazy because a lot of times I'm not getting stuff that's, that's common or that I normally get while I'm here. So I'd be craving a Whopper with cheese, extra mayonnaise. I'd be craving. I'd be like, man, I sure would like a pizza. Goodness gracious. You'd be surprised at what you start craving when you haven't had it for a while. But once you get to that thing, and that's good to you. You know, I came back from, from Africa this last trip, and I think I ate burgers <laughs> maybe about every day for about three or four days Cause I, I, until I got sick of burgers, uh, until I, I, was, I had my fill of burgers. Well, we have tasted that the Lord is what? Good. Well, if you if you really if the Lord is really tasting good to you, Lord tasting good to me, children of God. I must admit, the Lord is tasting. Then what you try to do with things that taste good to you, you try to get your feel of that. I want to encourage you in the sound of my voice. Get your feel of the Lord since he's tasting good to you. Most times when something is good to people, you don't even have to tell them to get their feel. Very, how many times you got to tell somebody at the buffet bar, go back and get you some more macaroni and cheese. A person that loves macaroni and cheese, you don't have to tell them. They'll do that on their own. Now, if it's something on the, on the bar that they don't like, maybe kids or something, they don't like vegetables, and they may, you may maybe make them eat some vegetables and then have to tell them, now go get you some more vegetables. Why? They, because if they really don't like them, they're not going to be trying to go back and do that on their own. Well, that's the reality with some of you all in the Lord. This is why some of you all in the Lord, you don't like everyday worship because the Lord ain't really tasting good to you. Not to you. That's why for some of you all on the sound of my voice, it's a struggle for you to study God's word every day. It's a struggle for you to worship every day. It's a struggle for you because God ain't really tasting good to you. You don't let the adversary, you don't let the devil fool you into thinking that, that God don't taste good. You need your eyes open because God tastes good. 
And Peter said, look, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, something is wrong with your taste buds if God is not tasting good. You need to pray, Lord, let me, let me taste how good you really are. Let me taste and see that you're really good. Because once that happens, then you... Then you be you start behaving like people that that uh, uh, that the Lord is tasting good to. All right, let me give you let me give you a parable. Um, Lord is flashing this in my spirit. I shared this with some of the congregations recently down in Nigeria. When I first went to Nigeria in 2003, it was a shock. Everything was a shock to me. The people, the the, the food, the Climate, everything was just oh my god, what is this? And there's a drink in Nigeria that many people love. It's called malt. I haven't seen it over here. I don't know if it's over here in the United States or not, but it's called malt. Yeah, one of the saints is asking what it is. I'm gonna see if we can. I'm gonna see if they sell it somewhere around here. But they gave me one of these drinks. It's like comes in a in a bottle, much like a. Uh, you know, a little soda or something, but it's it's not. It's like doesn't have much sugar in it because many of our Nigerian brothers and sisters don't believe in much sugar. That's why normally when I go down there every year, I'll drop 10 or 15 pounds or whatever. But they gave me this stuff called malt. They, you know, they, Apostle, you want something to eat? I was like, yeah. They gave me some food. They said, you want something to drink? I was like, yeah. And they brought me this drink called malt. And I tasted the malt. They love it. Now, most of our Nigerian brothers and sisters, they sell it just about everywhere all over Nigeria. They love it. They absolutely love it. The first time I tasted it, I was like, what in the world kind of foolishness is this? Are these people trying to kill me down here? I hated it. I was like, what kind of, who would drink such a nonsense? Who, what are y'all trying to kill me down here? Apostle, what's the problem? I'm like, well, this is terrible. This is terrible. You say, Apostle, what you're talking about? At that point, that was in 2003. Well, since then, I have acquired a taste for this drink called malt. And right today, I love malt. Can you imagine? I'll go to a restaurant when I'm in Nigeria, and they'll say, ah, would you like something to drink, sir? I'll be like, yeah, give me a cold what? Malt. Why? What has happened? My taste has changed. In other words, what was not good to me at one stage, what did not taste good to me at one juncture in my life, now tastes very, very good. What has happened? Malt hasn't changed. Malt is still the same. It's my taste has changed. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice, that if God is not tasting good to you, that your taste will change. Now, I drink malt now, just like Nigerians. They'd be somewhere, ah, let me have a malt. I'd be like, let me have a malt too. So now I'm behaving like those who love malt, even though I was once who did, once one who did not love malt. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice, if, you don't, if the Lord ain't tasting good to you, you don't, you don't just love praising God, you just don't love studying, that God will change your taste so that you can behave like those. Who do? We're about to close this message, children of God. Proper diet. So it's proper diet that will help us grow up. It's proper diet. We got to eat uh, 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 food that has not been tainted. And as we do this, we, look at verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood off spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Understand that we are like living stones. We're living. You know, normally stones just sit right in one place. They don't go nowhere. You just put them right where you want them. But you and I are living stones. We're moving around. We're walking. We're talking. We're breathing. Living stones. But we are being built. God is placing us just like a, a stonemason places stones and puts them where he wants so that the wall or the house or the building can look like he wants it. God is moving you and moving me, child of God, and moving us around at living stones. We're walking around, and God is moving us and directing us, and he is building us into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, so that we can offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 
Even though we move around, walking around, we are living stones. God is positioning us and placing us just like he wants us so that his spiritual house, the body of Christ, may be just like God wants it to be. All of this starts, and all of this is maintained with proper diet. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, make sure that you are eating a proper what? Diet. Not only in the natural but more importantly, in the spiritual. And as you do this, you will be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you again today for everything you've shared with us, every revelation and insight that you have given us today. Thank you for your parables, your metaphors, your examples, and everything else, Father, that you have done in order that your people may understand your word even better. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, Father, as we... Uh, have grievously committed them against you, and we ask, Heavenly Father, that you will watch over us as we part one from another until we meet again. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. Surely, children of God, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you and heaven smile on you all. Let's get three good questions for God's people. In order, number one, we've got to get rid of some things in order to do what? We've got to get rid of some things in order to do what? Number two. All right, question. What is it we have a right to as children of God? That's a very good question. What do we have a right to uh, in our churches or in our, you know, uh, what do we have a right to? We'll leave it right there. And question number three, somebody. All right. All right, uh, give the two main purposes of spiritual milk. Two main purposes of spiritual milk. God bless you, saints, and heaven smile on you all. And she can reach us through email at the Christian Lutheran Church at gmail.com. Check our website, www.ourchurch.com. Backslash member backslash GCCC. Feel free to join us on Talk Shoes, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. daily. On Talk Shoe, call 724 444 Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Chris and Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our Talk Shoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you in Jesus' name. Amen.